0: If you've ever Googled deep hip pain or low back pain, you've probably seen the term piriformis syndrome or even sciatica. The piriformis muscle is a stabilizer of the hip and the pelvic floor, and it helps to contract the hip into hip external rotation. So we need that muscle to be nice and strong and also mobile. However, not all lateral hip pain is piriformis syndrome. When I worked in an outpatient clinic, any hip pain was diagnosed as piriformis syndrome, even if it wasn't, which was the case majority of the time. As a physical therapist, I don't treat the diagnosis. I treat the patient as a whole. So this diagnosis didn't necessarily affect my treatment plan, but it was widely overdiagnosed and misunderstood. So let's dive into piriformis syndrome today. Welcome to Rehab for Runners the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. Welcome back to another episode of the Rehab for Runners podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. At the time of this recording, it's the week after Thanksgiving. And I've just been joking around saying I've been a mashed potato for the past couple weeks because, to be honest, I really have not done anything. It's been two and a half weeks since the race. In the past two weeks, I've done nothing but take walks and go through some mobility exercises. The first week was, you know, recovery week. I understood that I had to continue eating and fueling and sleeping and just also resting, but also performing some light movement just so my joints didn't stiffen up. But the second week, things just were chaotic because of Thanksgiving and I probably could have worked out. I probably could have rode my bike, but I didn't. I just was continuing to enjoy the rest and also not having anything on my agenda because, you know, if you've trained for a race, then it's kind of nice to not feel like you have to do anything or really any sort of workout every single day. So I have been enjoying that. But in the past couple of days, I have gotten back into working out. I've done a spin class. And I am also excited to be back into this routine because I don't know about you, but I thrive when I'm in a routine. And also I feel like I have not lost that much of my fitness or my endurance now I have not gotten back into running yet that is a tomorrow activity but I have done the spin class I have worked out and I still feel like I've you know I've still got it I don't feel like I am completely wiped of my endurance I feel like I'm still like kind of close to baseline. They say that you only lose 20% of your endurance when you take two weeks off. So I'm two and a half weeks off. So it really hasn't been that bad. And I'm okay with losing 20% of my endurance and maybe a little more than 20% of my endurance. But I think it's pretty cool that it's like everything I've done over the past couple months has not necessarily been wiped clean. So I can still kind of pick up similar to where I left off. But I say that now and my run tomorrow is going to be very humbling and it's probably going to be a walk aka walk jog, and I'm just gonna slowly build just like I have done before in the past. Getting into today's episode, we are talking about piriformis syndrome. Now, I have worked in a sports medicine outpatient PT clinic with some top doctors. I have done this in Northern Virginia. I've also done this in Richmond, Virginia, and I wish I was lying when I say every single patient that came in with lateral hip pain, I mean 99.9% of the time, was diagnosed with piriformis syndrome, especially if they didn't have nerve pain. So like numbness or tingling down the legs. If they did have numbness and tingling down the legs, it was probably diagnosed as sciatica or like some sort of nerve impingement diagnosis but if it was just like adult ache or even like pain down the legs coming from the glute then it was piriformis syndrome and I think luckily I had some great mentors when I was a new grad so I never stopped learning still have never stopped learning but the best thing I did when I was a new grad was not pay attention to the diagnosis but I paid more attention to what the patient presented with and thinking of it as a puzzle Now, obviously, if they're post-op, they got a fracture, something... Else is like the diagnosis. I'm gonna pay attention to that. But if it's an overuse injury, then my brain immediately switched to I have to work through this puzzle and figure out why this person has hip pain because hip pain for one person is not necessarily the same as the next person. It's not all caused by the same thing. Now with the population of runners, it's a little bit easier to say. Well, majority of them present like this because of this because because running is a repetitive activity versus someone that has lateral hip pain that is coming in. Maybe they're a little bit more sedentary. So please note that what I say might not apply to you, but it also might. And it might just make a little more sense when I explain it like this. But again, it's always best, you know, if you're having a ton of pain, then go to a PT and get some individual help. Let's talk about the definition of the piriformis. I already said it's a hip stability muscle and it works as a deep hip external rotator. I often just call like the group of external rotators the deep hip external rotators because the truth is it's not just your piriformis that is there. Your piriformis is not a big muscle at all. I mean, it's a stability muscle and it is small and it also runs right next to four other deep hip external rotators, obturator internus, obturator externus. I mean, there's so many gluteus medius, so it's not like it's rarely just the piriformis that is involved but for some reason we just love to say piriformis. I think it's because the sciatic nerve either runs over top of the piriformis in between the muscle belly or under the muscle belly. So I guess that's why we are so caught up in piriformis but just note if you're not having nerve symptoms which includes numbness and tingling and you probably have the involvement of a couple of the deep hip external rotators which is completely fine because they all do the same action and and it's probably from an overuse injury with running, but just note that it's probably not just the piriformis. I mean, that's pretty hard to just isolate the piriformis, especially when you're running. I also want to note that the piriformis supports the pelvic floor, and often when it's tight, it's probably the hip is just weak, but. If you are on the flip side are having pain in your piriformis, it's kind of a different story. So the definition of piriformis syndrome, according to this PubMed article that I will link below states it involves buttock pain referred to the leg. Diagnosis is often difficult and it's hard to conclude that it's true piriformis syndrome because the standardized tests that we as PTs will take a patient through don't necessarily validate that it is piriformis syndrome. So again, that's why I think... If you're working with a PT, it's important that they look at you as a whole. They're not just looking at you as a diagnosis because chances are it might not be piriformis syndrome and you really have to go off what we call the impairment. So that means as we see you move as physical therapists, we're looking at are your hips tight? Is this muscle weak? Is that muscle weak? Is that muscle tight? Et cetera, et cetera. So again, not just looking at the diagnosis. Another study from PubMed states piriformis syndrome is a condition of sciatic nerve entrapment at the level of the ischial tuberosity. Okay, so that is part of your pelvis. While there are multiple factors potentially contributing to piriformis syndrome, the clinical presentation is fairly consistent. They're going to have pain in the buttock or gluteal region that might shoot or burn or ache down the back of the leg, mimicking sciatica. In addition, numbness and tingling in the buttock tingling along the distribution of the sciatic nerve is not uncommon. So I think, you know, if you're having this deep glute pain, it's important to one realize, okay, am I having nerve symptoms or am I just having like deep ache or like kind of like a muscle ache in that region, especially upon like movement or sitting on it, any sort of like activity where you're contracting it or stretching it. So if you have pain in the piriformis syndrome, you could have numbness tingling if the sciatic nerve is involved, but you also might just have a deep ache when you're sitting, squatting, running, walking, going up and down stairs, standing, getting out of bed. So it really does affect all parts of your life, not just running. But let's talk about where it gets tricky because, you know, it's just never black and white. And I learned this when I was in PT school when I'd ask a question and they would just say, oh, it depends. And I was like, oh, And they would talk about why it depends, but I was like, I just want a black and white answer. And unfortunately, it really does depend. But let me talk about why it depends. Because if you have, and this is where your symptoms of what you're feeling when the pain comes on makes a big difference. So please note that, put it in your notepad when you're feeling this pain, because it does make a big difference. If you're having numbness and tingling, it's probably nerve related. That is true for Pretty much any part of your body. So it's probably nerve related. But if you're having a deep ache starting from your butt, shooting down the back of your leg in a sciatic nerve pattern, which just means it's this covering the same area on the back of your leg, then it could just be a referral pain pattern from the piriformis muscle. Every muscle has a referral pain pattern. If you think about someone who's having a heart attack, they're having referred pain down their left arm into their jaw. That's a referral pain pattern. If you think about the piriformis muscle, it's the same thing. If the muscle is tight or if it has inflammation, if it's basically past this point of a little discomfort, it might have a referral pain pattern. So the referral pain pattern is down the back of the leg. I was looking on Google at the referral pain pattern and it really just means like there's a ton of knots in your glute and then it can go towards the back of the hamstring into the back of the knee. So note that two different things going on and they do require different types of treatment. Now I am going to be talking about the referral pain pattern and The deep ache that you feel, not necessarily the numbness and tingling. If you have numbness and tingling, I do recommend you go see an inpatient physical therapist because a nerve is very reactive to different movements so if I tell you to do one thing I just get nervous about it because it could flare your symptoms up to where you're in more pain and I just don't want that so I think hands-on treatment is the best if you do have numbness or tingling down your leg so let's talk more about if you just have like ache in your butt ache on the side of your hip that sort of thing so here's how we address it. It always comes down to why is the pain coming on? This is true for any overuse injury. Again, I don't love puzzles, but I love puzzles of the body. I love figuring things out. Why is this person in pain? Because Again, it's not every lateral hip pain is going to be because of this, this, and this. And these are the only three exercises you need to do. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So I'm talking more of what I normally see in runners who have piriformis syndrome. Again, this is not true for everyone that has piriformis syndrome. So the pain could be coming on because of tissue overload. If it's an overuse injury, that is... The most general statement i could say about any of the diagnosis so any diagnosis really across the entire body if it's an overuse injury so this could mean you have too intensive workouts like maybe you aren't giving your body enough time to recover in between workouts increase your mileage too quickly maybe you have too much external rotation contraction so something's going on where there's just too much load going through the deep hip external rotators So here's what I see majority of the time in runners with deep hip external rotation pain, aka piriformis syndrome. It comes down to compensations of the body. Most overuse injuries do. As physical therapists, when I see someone with piriformis syndrome, I have to ask myself, why is this pain coming on? And I ask myself this before I even watch them move. Why is there more load going through this part of the body and this part of the hip and the glute versus being more dispersed and kind of like spread out? Like why is there more load going through the deep hip external rotators compared to the glute max? That is like the first question that I asked myself. And I'm making the comparison to the glute max. I know I talk about the glute max a lot, but I'm making this comparison because the deep hip external rotators do external rotation of the hip and the glute max performs hip external rotation as well. So they kind of have that common contraction muscle movement. So that is why I'm asking myself and comparing it to the glute max. So if the deep hip external rotators are taking over for the glute max, It places more load on piriformis, obturator internus, gluteus medius, which can over time cause an overuse injury, an inflammatory response, and potentially pain. Now we've all seen those exercises where you sit on a lacrosse ball or tennis ball, maybe use a massage gun to loosen up the tissue, which is great. That's perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that at all, but you have to back that up with rehab exercises that address the weak area around these deep hip external rotators because we have to address the weak area. Otherwise, there's just going to be more load going through the hip external rotators. So find the weak area, strengthen it, and then there won't be as much load through the deep hip extra rotators and that includes the piriformis. It's the same with stretching. A ton of, you've probably seen like pigeon pose or figure four stretch and seated, which again, like go for it if it helps, but it's not fixing the problem. If you're just focusing on pain management, I have no problem with that at all. I think you should be doing that to focus on pain management but you should also be following it up with some sort of strengthening exercises because again, we have to fix the source of why there's more load through the piriformis. Why is there more load? Especially if your external rotators are strong, then it's like, okay, we need to figure this out here because if they're weak, that's one thing, but if they're strong and they're doing just fine and your glute max is having trouble turning on, okay, bingo, that might be why this is all happening. So here's what I would do. If your pain level is high, you have to address pain management first. This may mean the lacrosse ball to the piriformis, foam rolling the piriformis, and I would do that every single day because, again, the focus is on pain management. I would then bring in some hip mobility exercises because chances are your hip is probably tight, and these hip mobility exercises would really emphasize opening up the hip. They would also not be painful. So if they were painful, we'd have to back off or even try a new exercise. Now, this is not a tendonitis, so we don't have to push through the pain here. So if it's any pain, read that as a signal from your body and we got to try something else. Hey, it's Dr. Lisa here, and I wanted to ask a favor. If you have enjoyed this episode so far, please take 10 seconds to review it. It would mean the world to me and allow me to keep giving you free content each week. Again, I thank you so much, and let's continue on with the episode. For strengthening, I would not do anything that contracts the muscle into external rotation at first, but I would work on different movement patterns such as the hip hinge to load the glute max, especially if the glute max is weak. And that's where an assessment would come into play to see if the glute max is weak. But a lot of the time, you know your body better than I do. Even with me assessing how it's feeling, I might be able to connect the dots for you, but you're able to feel your body way better than I am. So if you're like, I just feel like my glute is not, quote, turning on, that's a good sign that maybe the glute max is a little bit weaker or it's just not able to go through its full range of motion and contract like it should. So if you feel that way, that is a really good sign to work through that hip hinge and also work through some hip mobility. After you have mastered hip hinge, worked through some hip mobility, pain level has gone down, that's when I would start working into isometrics and rotation of the hip. I would start with non-weight-bearing, progress to weight-bearing. Again, it depends on your pain level and what you can tolerate. But hip external rotation is functional. Just because that motion might be painful does not mean we should avoid it forever. That is a red flag if a physical therapist does that. It's the same with the low back. If you have pain when you are bending over into lumbar flexion and you never get back to lumbar flexion, even after all this rehab, your PT has failed you because lumbar flexion is super functional and there is going to come a point where you're able to do it pain-free. That's just a side note, but it's the same thing with your hip external rotators. If you have pain with it originally, that doesn't mean you're going to have pain with it forever, especially with a good rehab program. So you do eventually want to work back into hip external rotation and internal rotation. And again, this should not be painful. It's really once you've reduced the pain a little bit. Other things that you can do, you can get a corticosteroid injection. I know some PTs will still do ultrasound. I don't necessarily think that's the best use of your time. You can KT tape it for pain management as well, but I usually find that the lacrosse ball and the foam roller work wonders just for like reducing pain and then following it up with exercises like hip mobility and some isometric contractions just to get things offloaded with the deep hip external rotators. I hope that makes sense. If you are dealing with piriformis syndrome, I do encourage you to go through the hip program. It's 12 weeks long, it starts with isometrics and it works your way up. So it will offload the piriformis and the deep hip external rotators and it'll also reinforce that glute max motor control and contraction and strength by working through the hip hinge. So I will link that below as well if you are interested. And as always, I hope you have a great run and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.